pictures and the like, right? And he wanted to make sure that during his three-year ministry that nobody will deceive what he is teaching. Let's take a look at Peter. We're going to go through several scriptures. And what I'm trying to show you with some of these scriptures is the theme that goes across the gospel, across the Bible, about false teachers. In 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 1-3, says, but false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will also be false teachers among you, who will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing swift destruction upon themselves. Many will follow their sensuality, and because of them, the way of the truth will be maligned. And in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. Their judgment from long ago is not idle. And their destruction is not a slave. Would you say that's happening today? Is there anything you can see on TV or read or even on social media that doesn't have a flavor against God? It's everywhere. People are rising up everywhere against God. The good thing is there are people rising up. That wasn't in my message notes. I thought it was just to think about that. Let's take a look at 2 Peter verse 4, or chapter 4, verse 3 and 4. Now, this is the second letter that we'll probably be getting into in first But when I read this, it cracked me up a little bit because here we are talking about false teachers in chapter 4. And in the second letter to Timothy, in chapter 4, he talks about it again. It says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires, and turn away their ears from the truth, and will turn to myths. Are we turning to myths? You know, there are dozens and dozens and dozens of scriptures that warn against false prophets and false teachers. Almost every book covers it. As humans, we're easily deceived. Would you agree with that? Easily deceived. It doesn't take much to just put a little hint of something that might make sense to you and turn you away. Let's take a look. This isn't a new thing. Let's go back to Genesis. Let's go back to the garden. Okay? And you guys will remember this story. Let's take a look at Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 through 5. It says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Indeed, has God said, You shall not eat from any tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, from the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat, but from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God, God has said, You shall not eat from it or touch it, or you will die. The serpent said to the woman, You surely will not die, for God knows that the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And we all know that. Here we are. 
2,000 years later still dealing with it. But just that little spoken voice, isn't it you? Gave her enough information to be deceived. And it's real happy. I'm going to share a couple of testimonies. One, there's a popular TV show on right now that most folks are going to watch. And it's all over Facebook, all over YouTube. Churches are flocking to it. People are flocking to it. Anybody want to guess the show that is? The Chosen. I am very, very, very reluctant to watch anything on TV related to the gospel. Because my problem is, is that I want to compare to everything that I'm being told with the Bible. And I'm not fun to sit with and watch a show like that with my family. They have told me. They said, you know, fun watching this show. And, uh, but while that show is airing, are we comparing it to the Word? Or are we just blindly listening to it? And believing what we're being told. It took me about three episodes to decide I'm not watching any more of it. Because number one, I know the ending. I know how it ends. But the thing that bothers me with some of the things that are being told, especially for new Christians, is I think it was in episode two. We have a lady, her name's Lily. So, Nicodemus, who was an elite Pharisee party Hebrew, was told about Lilith. And he decides to go visit Lilith at her house to see if he can do an exorcism and remove the demon from her. So he appears at the house, knocks on the door, goes in, and Nicodemus starts chanting some scripture for these demons to come out. And Lilith looks at him, and the demons look at him and say, you have no power here, please. So Nicodemus gets up, a little bewildered, and walks out the door, not understanding why he could not remove the demons from Lilith. So Lilith leaves, and she decides to go out to this big cliff, and she is going to commit suicide. And I told my wife before she did anything else, I said, I guarantee you those demons are not going to allow her to play. Now, they take you back a little bit, and apparently Willis was raped as a young girl by a Roman soldier, and she had some real struggles uh, in her life. So she leaves the cliff and goes into a bar to have a drink. The guy behind the bar's name is Eunice. I don't know if he was a unit or that was just a drink. So she, he gives her a drink and she takes the drink and she carries it out. Just as she walks out the door, she disappears, walks up to her and says, Mary, that is not for you. And she drops the glass or whatever the drink was. Jesus puts his hands on her cheek and apparently he's being a and she says, 
you call me by my name, Mary. And Jesus says, yes, your name is Mary Magdalene. Now, that is nowhere written in the Bible. The only meaning that could be in the tablets is Jesus.
So the one guy asked me, he said, so do you believe in aliens? And I said, no, I don't. He said, well, what would happen if you met one? I said, well, here's the thought I have. I said, if God created the heavens and earth, as it says in Genesis, that would mean that everything created in the universe belongs to him. If I met an alien, the first question I would ask him would be, what's your name? The second thing I would tell him, let me tell you about this Jesus. Because if that person exists, and God created the universe, who created him? Our Bible doesn't teach that there are aliens out there. It doesn't teach it. So it's obvious that God didn't want to know anything about anything other than him, the angels, and us. That's all the Bible, that's all God wants us to know about. So if there is anything outside of that, Because what they're trying to tell you is that if we can find these things, if we can find a cell on a planet, that proves God doesn't exist. And I say, no, that proves God doesn't. Because He created this universe in every single So, but you can see where the deception is, right? But some of it's pretty scary. Let's take a look at Timothy, verse 3. He says, who forbid marriage and advocate abstaining from foods which God has created to be gratefully shared in by those who believe and know the truth. Abstaining from marriage. Does anybody know any religion that speaks that? Guys can't get married? Is that a false teaching? Well, Let's go to Genesis, chapter 2, verse 18. It says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. Pretty black and white, isn't it? It's not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Genesis, chapter 2, verse 24, goes down to say, For this reason a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become
take you to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 7, verse 15 through 19. There is nothing outside the man which can defile him if it goes into him. But the things which proceed out of the man are what defile the man. If anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. When we had left the crowd and entered the house, his disciples questioned him about the parable. And he said, Jesus said to them, Are you lacking in understanding also? Do you not understand that whatever goes into the man from the outside cannot defile him, because it does not go into his heart, but into his stomach and is eliminated? Thus he declares all truth. Now, just because all food is good to eat, not all food is good for you. But the bottom line is, it's all clean. So when you have these religions that are saying, you can't eat this, you can't eat that, you can't do this, you can't do that, measure it up with the Bible. Now, there is scripture, and I didn't write this one down, that we should not cause somebody to stumble because of what we do. You know, if somebody doesn't want to eat fish, or whatever it is, broccoli, because uh, they took a vow of uh, fasting for Jesus, and for you to bring in, you know, a whole load of fish or two pounds of broccoli, that may offend them and may have them stumbling. We don't want to do things like that. As Nate would say, focus on what's important. take a look at uh, verse 4 and 5. For everything created by God is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it, if it is received with gratitude. For it is sanctified by the means of the word of God in prayer. What that scripture is trying to tell us is we should be happy with the truth. We should stick with the truth. We shouldn't let anybody God gave us the Bible so that we would have confidence in this world and not to be deceived. Satan is always working. Him and his minions are constantly working. They have a real hate for God. And they're the most persuasive group entity in this world. They just are. They're very convincing. And the only way to guard against it is to match it up with the Bible. You can't match anything up with the Bible if you don't study it, if you don't read it, if you don't share it with others. You just can't do it. And when you don't read and you don't study, it's easy for Satan and his minions to get their foot in the and try to convince you of things that are false. We should be glad that Jesus made the time. He fulfilled the law. You know, a lot of
640. This is Jesus speaking. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in Him will have eternal life, and I myself will raise Him up on the last day. There's a lot in that scripture. He says, number one, this is the will of my Father. This isn't only my will, it's His will. That if you recognize who I am,